put them in front. He doesn't miss. Oh, boy! The little man higher for longer than all around him. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. Oh, look at a trampoline. I've just done it from nowhere. Cyril, has he got the journey? Oh, he has. He has. He has. He's kicked the goal, Cyril. What a beauty. Plenty to get through this episode as we celebrate Jared Ruffhead's remarkable journey from cancer diagnosis to captaincy, plus we take a look at the JLT community series, as well as the long-forgotten biographies of two Hawthorne legends. We read them so you don't have to. Hello and welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast, the most must-hear show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason. Welcome to this first episode of 2017. Joining me as always is uh, a man whose sister had a run-in with Ryan Schoenmakers at the polo apparently welcome tis wasn't really much of a run-in approached him from a good distance <laughs> okay it said i'm a really big fan of hawthorne he uh, reacted without enthusiasm <laughs> <laughs> right and then i believe his girlfriend sort of uh, sort of gave him what for and said you know she's come to talk to you but she yeah. she plugged the podcast oh she did yeah Oh, that's nice. I like that use of the time. <laughs> so, a couple we... of good photos. He did look immaculate, of course. Oh, well, well naturally. It yeah. start with Shuey. It starts from the hair down. Yeah, you know the hair. The hair itself is always the stunning feature of Ryan Schoenmakers, and the rest <laughs> follows from there. So, plug plugs the podcast. Am I to assume that he's listening right now? Do I give Ryan Schoenmakers a shout out? Yeah, give him a plug. Okay, good day, Ryan. Good to have you, and good to have everyone else in 2017. We're back. Um, I, I would love. Nothing more than to plug the fact that we're on iTunes, but it hasn't happened yet, Tiz. It is coming, though. <laughs> we're waiting for approval, so every one of our listeners, just watch this space. We're going to be on iTunes very soon, hopefully. Uh, for now, you can contact us via the, the Twitter page, at HawkTalkPod, and uh, we've got so much to get through today. Um, I want to I want to start by reading out this little news story I found on the, the Hawthorne website. Did you hear about Sicily starring on the green throughout the summer? I did, as if his head couldn't get any larger. <laughs> That's right. Well, if anyone who, uh, for anyone who hasn't kept up with this story, um, look, it, it's got to be said, he won't be gracing the cover of AFL Evolution, unfortunately. <laughs> the honours go to Marcus Bontempelli. Uh-huh. Uh, but James Sicily accomplished something remarkable alongside Brendan Goddard over the summer. It's first doesn't, thing doesn't augur well, really. <laughs> it's the first remarkable thing Goddard's done in a while. <laughs> Basically, the pair recently played at the Huntingdale Golf Club, and as a couple of amateurs defied the odds, and these are odds that were reportedly in the game of golf, one in one point three million. Wow. Yeah, it's a formidable feat they pulled off. They made two hole-in-one shots in the same round. So on the twelfth hole at Huntingdale Golf Club, Sicily pulled out a seven iron to deal with the hundred and forty-eight metre par three hole. And bang. That's a big hit. He just goes hole in one, just like that. And, and a few holes later, apparently, Goddard did the same thing. Oh, so He did it first. Yeah, well, well, Sicily did it first. Yeah. Sicily, great in clutch moments. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking somewhere on the green or Robert Murphy clutching his knee oh, just to complete wow. the clutch picture. moments, yes. W- was that in poor taste? <laughs> oh, no. Not I mean, anymore. Not anymore. I, I, after the, after you know, the, the medal ceremony. Yeah, I mean, the premiership heals all wounds, doesn't it? i got to say, uh, no disrespect to Bob Murphy, he's one of the football players I don't actually mind. There's a fair few that I don't like. So uh, you know, what, what's your take on Bob Murphy? Are you a fan? or? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> Why no? Oh, they just sort of preached about it for a long time, about how, how beautiful it was. And, yeah. and to me, the beauty was elsewhere uh, mm. on the field. Well, in terms of uh, remarkable comeback stories... We've got the, oh, this, we've got the leader I, of... Is this after I shot you the photo of the Essendon magazine? Oh, yeah. I wonder what was going on there. I'm like, how the <laughs> bloody hell did you get your hands on that? Yeah, was, I, w- I wasn't going to talk about Essendon. I was talking about our very own Jared oh, Ruffhead. Jared Ruffhead. Yeah, I mean, our comeback story is better than their comeback story. <laughs> Mark my words. We get to round one. We'll see who wins. Jared Ruffhead, it was announced just recently, he will captain Hawthorne in 2017, taking over from three-time premiership skipper Luke Hodge. Tiz, what are your thoughts on this one? I'm thinking, I hope I mentioned him as a candidate earlier on. <laughs> yeah. and I'm uh, not sure you did. I'm not going to pay you that one. <laughs> No, I don't think I did. No. But uh, oh, how terrific is this Is this tale? Mm. And and Ruffhead himself seems surprised and flattered. It's pretty big, isn't it? Because yeah. let's let's rewind the clock. Let's go back and trace this journey from its start. Uh, he had a melanoma removed from his lip in 2015. 
May 2016, it was diagnosed that it had spread to his lungs. It's pretty yep. bloody serious. And he underwent immunotherapy. Uh, he was cleared in December, just recently. And he expected at the time that he'd get back into the swing of things once his treatment had finished. And who knows when that would have been. We were thinking maybe sometime in season 2017. Nothing definitive. We were very cautious about oh, expectations absolutely. on Ruffy. Yeah, I mean, um, in our discussions of Ruffy in podcast episodes past, I, I, me personally, I was like, well... Don't put let, any pressure on the lad. Yeah, let's make sure he's in good health first and whatever football he happens to get back to, that's a bonus. So, so, even so, if he never yeah. took to the field again, fine, as long as he's okay. So for, this is remarkable. Well, he must be performing exceptionally. Well, he, he, he's not only looking to play this year, He's lining up for his first game since 2015 Grand Final. He's mm-hmm. lining up for the preseason comp, he reckons. Yeah. Well. And, and and as captain. So he's gone from zero to 100. and In less than a year. Yeah, unbelievable. And I'm starting to cast off the shackles of that cautious optimism, Tiz. Because I have to believe the club, first of all, yeah. knows what they're doing. They've got to give him the green light. So, I mean, to give him to get to get him to play first of all, but then the captaincy, he's he's he must be okay, right? Yeah. The club must know that. Second of all, obviously, is Ruffy and his fitness levels. Yeah, oh, the club would be all over that. And, and his it. mentality, of course. Yep. you've got to take that into account. Yep. So the club would be all over that stuff, and then Ruffy personally, he would be obviously keeping tabs on that and know how he is within himself. So he must feel that he's right to go physically and mentally. And then there's the objective medical reports which must say that he's fine. So all of a sudden, out of the blue, though I'm just saying, for him to get anywhere near playing football, let alone the captaincy, all those three boxes must have been checked. Well, it shows the respect Hawthorne hold for him. And you've got to yeah. remember, it's not, he's not a lone fella out there. There's a leadership group as there well. Is. Yeah. There is. Uh, but the leadership group is led by the great man. I, I want to introduce him uh, with his full accolades. Coleman medalist, two-time All-Australian, four-time premiership player and captain of the Hawthorne Football Club, Jared Ruffhead. We salute you. Uh, additions to the leadership group. Sounds so good, doesn't it? Uh, it does. I mean, what a resume. Bloody love it. Good on you, Ruffy. Uh, additions to the leadership group include Liam Shills, Ben Stratton and Jack Dunstan. They're all voted in by teammates. What are your thoughts on that? Because I personally approve of all those. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Well, obviously they're the they're the next captain, one of those three. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, assuming vice captaincy duties are Shields and Smith. Yep. So I, I, personally, I'm not viewing Smith as leading the football club as as the sole captain. But really, oh, no, I love his attitude. Yeah, I, I like Smith. He's one of my favourite players. I just don't don't picture him as a captain. I don't know why. Vice captain seems to fit for him. But um, Shields maybe one day elevates. I mean, when we were talking about the captaincy and possibly moving on from well, college, I thought the I sh- thought the ship had sailed. I didn't think they were going to change it. You know. Yeah, that's right. Because last time, I mean, the last time we broadcast was a month ago, yeah. and it seems likely that you know if it was going to happen, it would happen then. But um, no, they they waited and pulled the trigger on. Well, a remarkable success story at this at this stage. Who knows what's going to happen? But oh, it's great! It's it's a great time to be a Hawthorne fan, and uh, for all opposition supporters, <laughs> it's a bit difficult now. Oh yeah, where do you place yourself? <laughs> Can you still hate Hawthorne? <laughs> oh, I think they'll find a way. I think it'll take until round one. <laughs> until round one. Right. I actually, well, we'll get to the the JLT community series a bit later. Um, but let's let's talk about Hodge, who has stepped aside as captain graciously. Yeah, very good. And, and what a legacy! Well, I mean, yeah. bloody hell, he's one of the best players of all what time. What more can you do? He took the reins from Sam Mitchell in 2010. Uh, he, he went on to forge, and legacy is the word. I'm I really with. want to read about that too. How that how that happened. Oh, you, you reckon that handover a... is particularly interesting to Well, me. if he ever writes a book, we've got some books of our own to get through. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> if Hodge ever writes a book, I'd be very interested to read it. Um, this is an interesting stat. The list of AFL VFL players who have registered three or more premierships as captain, not very extensive, as, as you might have predicted. Hodge is one of seven players ever to achieve really? such a feat. And Michael Tuck was another such player. Yeah. So it turns out Hawthorne, historically, pretty good. But we already knew that, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Well, we know that even more now. A flag every decade yeah. since our first. I mean, we've done all right. But it's just another stat to show you that, geez, we've had some good players come through the club. Uh, meanwhile, uh, since we're talking about all things Ruffy and the new captaincy, as I alluded to at the top of talking about this story, the stage has really been reset, 
if you like, for round one uh, in terms of the blockbuster of the round. I'm going to call it that because it is because now you've got Job's Essendon versus Ruffy's Hawthorne. And it's comeback story versus comeback story. So Job is their captain, is he? Well, I looked this up, and apparently, old mate Goddard is still. Oh. But uh, there were news. There were news reports, I guess, similar to Hawthorne towards the end of last year that suggested that Essendon might, you know, move on and change the captaincy. But I mean, Job is the figurehead of the club, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's the main man. So I'm going to call him Job's Essendon. He's a good leader. He's a feminist. <laughs> he's a feminist. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've got to buy that cap. To be honest. <laughs> Uh, whose party is going to be spoiled on that on that fateful Saturday night? Because one team's going home pretty unhappy. It's so far away, but... How can you not get behind Hawthorne with, with the big rough coming back? That's what I want to know. I know we're Hawthorne and people love to hate us. Because a, a few of the AFL supporters think um, there was a political injustice on uh, <laughs> right. Essendon. Anyway, it'll be a terrific game, though. It will be match of the round. Nessendon must be very happy to be playing Hawthorne. It is going to be such a great little grudge match. Oh, it is. And, and the fact that Essendon's hosting Hawthorne as well, I think, almost makes it better. Yeah, and they're, I, having, I their like... ma- they're having their march from, from yeah, the that's street right. down to the oh, G. it's going to be and, huge. Yeah, it's going to be, mass- it's going oh. to be a terrific atmosphere. Oh, mate, if I see any Essendon fans boo Ruffy... <laughs> okay. I mean, I was about to say, I'll punch him out. I'm not going to do that, obviously you're not, not. You're not going to make any Sam Mitchell signs? <laughs> well, or... I'll probably attempt that, because that's the coward's way out. It's just a... <laughs> Mime is the coward's way out, I think. <laughs> Actually hitting a bloke is A, not on, and B, I've never done it in my life. C, I don't reckon I have the power behind me to yeah. make any effect. And I just seem to hurt my hand in someone's face. <laughs> but no, it's it's, it's going to be... Geez, what an atmosphere at the MCG. But I would hate to think that anyone would, for a second, boo Roughhead. Surely the entire stadium cheers when he first gets the ball. I would I would imagine they would. Yeah. They're, they're people too, Nick. They're people too. Oh, they're Essendon <laughs> fans, Tiz. Remember that. Just uh, The line's a bit blurry on that one. I'm not going to commit to that just yet. I'll tell you what, though. I will commit to this idea that I had in my head in the shower this morning before I came here to record. I Drum reckon roll. I will have a bit of a cry when Roughhead gets the ball. I'm telling you now. I, I, th- I thought about it this morning. I'm like, I reckon I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm gonna lose it. Te- it's gonna happen. Tearing up at a footy match. I think I nearly, I teared up. I was pretty young. Mm. Um, Dunstall didn't get the record against Richmond that day. Ooh. And I'm pretty sure Hudson kicked one off the ground in the goal square that was gonna roll through <laughs> off Dunstall's boot. So I think I had a few tears. <laughs> Do you reckon that's the only time I've cried at the football? Uh, yeah, well, I've been emotional, but uh, I don't yeah. think I've cried. I'm, I'm trying to think of another time. Oh, at, you know, to, to reopen old wounds, 2012, uh, well, the, gra- I- the grand final, I, I did shed a tear. Did you? I stayed much longer than what was reasonable after the game ended. I remember Gillum doing his knee in front of us. Oh, well, That yeah. wasn't far from us. That was... Yeah, jeez. So there are lows to go with the highs, of course. Oh, absolutely. But um, sweet tears will be shed, I think, when Ruffy gets the ball. I mean, what a story. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see what happens with his uh, 2017 as captain. It, it makes it very exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Unbelievably so. I can't wait for this season. Uh, I mean, we're talking so much about 2017, but I, I just want to bring us back. Let's rewind the clock to uh, 2016. When, you, when we last recorded, you presented me with a book. Uh, oh. It was the uh, biography of one uh, Robert Dippier Domenico. Yeah. And you Merry got... Christmas. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, you'll be happy to know I left it to the very last minute before this podcast to read it. I don't know. I've, I've managed to come up with a few choice So, so it's all in the short-term read. memory and need not be recollected. Oh, no. <laughs> I've made a few notes. So do, do you want to go through it? Because oh, you've got your Platten book as well. You bought yourself a John Platten biography. I did. The Rat Platten. What is the full title of that one? Can you hold it up? The Rat, A Football Braveheart. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's, it's a good... The period of... of uh, for the Hawthorne Footy Club, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the influences, yeah. the great players that are roaming through the book, it's incredible. As much as we laugh about these books, uh, I think we each headed into them, re- reading them, uh, expecting some pretty quality stories and some uh, some light to be shed on these uh, yeah, now how, ra- remarkable mine characters. Says, mine, mine says the word risque on the blurb at the back, so <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to go too risque. Okay. But... Uh, 
Do, do you want to? Do you want me to go through what I uncovered with Dipper's biography first? Yeah, yeah, go through. Which it. I believe I because he he arrived well before Platten. He did, he did. Um, I believe the title for this. Well, it's it's not on the tip of my tongue, but I I think it was called Just Call Me Dipper. Was the <laughs> simplified title for this one? Yeah, rather than Dippy Domenico. Yeah, and um, I was sitting with my girlfriend looking at this book, and she's like, "How far are you into it?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's." I'm not really. I'm, I've, I've, not, I've not properly committed just, to starting. I've just it. read his birth date. Yeah, <laughs> and and I just just for the hell of it, I just flipped to any random page. I think I, I wound up at like chapter fourteen or something. I read which, the f- which premiership was that? <laughs> well, th- th- this one I I would never have expected to read this sentence. This is how chapter fourteen begins. Oh. Who but Dipper could get away with blasting the Irish Prime Minister for keeping him waiting? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I know I'm onto a winner. This is going to be a sensational book. I, I can give you a bit more on, on the things I've taken away from Dipper's book so far. His footy career kicked off at the age of 11, right? Wow. Playing juniors. So he was 11 years old and played under 16s for the East Hawthorne Football Club. So he's from around here, isn't he? He's like... He is. He is indeed. He, in fact, uh, I believe this is correct, he lived on Mason Street. Oh, really? Which is indeed my surname. So that was a weird connection. That, that in fact, was right near Glenferry Oval. So it was right near Linda Crescent. So it was within walking distance so of the Oval. So fell within the catchment area of the, of the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So he started playing under-16s at the age of 11, still very odd, for the uh, the East Hawthorne Football Club. Yeah, and He must have been huge even at that time. He was. It does mention in the book that um, <laughs> it, it does qualify. It's okay. This is actually normal because he was quite a big fella at that age, apparently. Uh, in his time at the East Hawthorne Football Club, get this, he played under coach Johnny Barker. Did he? How strange is that? The Hawthorne... <laughs> Well, well, come on. It's not the most uncommon name, but yeah. That's exactly what my girlfriend said. But what about the Hawthorne connection? She's a big fan of Hawthorne, your girlfriend, isn't she? Oh, yeah, totally. Bloody loves it. Loves going up to the SCG for a bit of a holiday and watching Cyril vomit from outside 50. (laughs) Um, Any listeners out there, she's a Swan supporter. and, And both times we've gone up. To watch Hawthorne play Sydney, Hawthorne's won. Yeah. So I think my number. We might love be, it up there. <laughs> my number might be coming up this year if we travel. <laughs> but uh, oh geez, if I could make it three in a row. You, you go on the Swans membership, don't you? I do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fantastic. Isn't it? They're good little trips, those. By the time Dipper was 14, 15 years old, he'd won the nickname Bertie. Bertie. Yeah. Why, why would Thank you goodness think? that died. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Robert Dipper Domenico, and his nickname's yeah. Bertie. Yeah. Robert, you would think. Yeah. You think. That's Bob. Yeah. Well, he earns the nickname Bertie for his love of Bertie Beetle chocolates. Oh, terrific. <laughs> it's nothing to do with his name's Robert. <laughs> He's just snacking on Bertie Beetles. Uh, Brilliant. Um, Dip is obviously known for the uh, the punctured lung story. And he's braver and courage to play yeah. through that somehow. Something I was looking forward to reading about in my book. Yeah. But uh, Doesn't Johnny Platten gets knocked out in the first quarter. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, no, not, not much mention of uh, Dipper's heroics. But it, it turns out that his heroics even extend as far back as junior footy. Uh, there was this time where he had a suspected broken arm and he insisted on coming off the bench and playing the second half. <laughs> he goes, I've still wow. got the other arm. No worries. Let me back on the field, which is insane. I mean, it's because they love playing the game. At that they stage, do. At that stage, they weren't getting much money to play. So well, I mean, this is when he's a youngster. Yeah. So he's in junior footy. So yeah. it's more this um, this young naive like enthusiasm of like, no, nah, just bloody love the game, yeah. man. And so uh, he was meant to miss six games. Obviously, he didn't go back on the field. How many did he miss? He missed four because he ripped the cast off. <laughs> he just <laughs> said, "Bugger this! I want to play." So uh, true Dipper fashion. There, are you, you enjoying this? You want a bit more? You want a oh, bit more I, Dipper? I love Dipper. He's sailing you with, with tales of Robert Dippy Domenico. Uh, around the time Hawthorne began taking an interest in recruiting Dipper, he'd had his teeth knocked out. <laughs> Someone punched them out. Punched them out. They pu- yeah, I believe this happened on the football field. He, wow. he got punched in the face, and his teeth were knocked out. Gee, Q was a rough area back then. It was. It was indeed. <laughs> now, part of the pitch from the Hawthorne Footy Club was that they would pay for his teeth to be fixed. That's quality. And that was part, part of the allure. Oh, his, Dipper's parents, they weren't really necessarily keen on him getting involved, and they didn't necessarily think that Hawthorne had his best interests. Oh, is that right? Yeah, but once the talk of, oh, look, we'll pay for his dental bills, once that came into the equation, they're like, oh, it's, it doesn't sound so bad, I guess. <laughs> and so that's that's part of the pitch uh, to, to, for Dipper to join the club. At the time, he was uh, also enrolled at Swinburne Tech, right? Were you aware of this? No. His headmaster... 
was none other than John Kennedy Sr. Oh. Yeah, there you go. So one day, and this is unbelievable, he's summoned in the principal's office. That's awesome. There's some misdemeanor. He seems to recall it as he might have been smoking or something. And he's given six cuts with a strap by the headmaster, John Kennedy Sr. A few hours later, he turns up to training. <laughs> <laughs> and Kennedy goes, oh, what are you doing here? That's terrific. And Dipper says, I want to play for Hawthorne, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy says, well, get over there on that bloke. And so Dipper lines up on Michael Tuck. Gee. Yeah. That's not a bad matchup. I got one more. Got one more for you. These are just. I look. I reckon this has the potential to be a recurring segment. Reading from the book of (laughs) Dipper. Yes. Yeah. Read your pulpit there. (laughs) Reading chapters and verses from the book of Dipper. But I'll give you one last one, and we'll decide if we want to continue this into the future. I I love these because Dipper is a huge influence on Platon. Right. Yeah, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because Platon arriving later and... Yeah. You can... Oh, well, yeah. Anyway, go on with yours. <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's tales to be told, oh, right, I suspect. Yeah, it's terrific. Okay. Uh, here's the last one. Dipper's first game for the Hawks uh, was against Fitzroy at the Junction Oval in 1975. Now, as you might expect, uh, even I've been a bit mindful of it, the pronunciation of his name caused havoc with commentators and, and the press obviously because he's ingrained into footy culture now people either call him dipper or they, or they just know how to say his name yes he's a legend of the game at the time he was affectionately dubbed the alphabet oh really because <laughs> yeah, people couldn't <laughs> pronounce it uh, on commentary jack dyer would routinely mispronounce his name calling him dippy manuku wow <laughs> Don't you wish you could do that now? I'm calling him Dippy from now on. Dippy? Yeah, he's not Dipper anymore. In my mind, he's Dippy. <laughs> so he arrives in 75. Yeah, he arrives in 75. We win in 76, but he didn't play. This is where you're really showing me up for having skimmed the book. Oh, okay. Right. right. But his first one is 78. Right. Which is pretty good. He was one of the best, he was one of the best in that winning grand final wasn't he? Uh, I seem to have picked that up from the book. I might be wrong. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Look, if anyone wants to fill in the blanks that I clearly should have filled in myself <laughs> by reading the book properly, uh, you can get in touch at uh, Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter. Uh, but I wasn't the only one with a bit of holiday reading. Tears. Yes, you've got no, your John Platten right. book there. Yeah. What tales do you have to tell me about Johnny Platten? Well, John Platten's a strange case because. Uh He's taken in the interstate draft, number mm. 19 in 81, and he doesn't play for Hawthorne until round one, 1986. That's a long time. It is a long time. So mm. long, in fact, that Carlton went to recruit him. Oh, okay. And he's a Carlton supporter, and Hawthorne offered him a grand to sign on, and Carlton came with 20. Imagine that, a grand. Yeah. Compared to, I'm just thinking Lance Franklin is so lucky, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> At the end of the book, John's talking about the $1 million player coming, you know, in the next couple of years. Yeah, right. Well, uh... So Carlton offers him 20 times the offer that Hawthorne makes. Yes, which validates um, Platten's dad having said, don't take the $1,000, play play for Centrals in South Australia for a few more years. Yeah. And he was going around with Craig Bradley and Kernahan and all these... Anyway, so those two go to Carlton. They're also after... Also after Platten at the start of 86. Right. And uh, he arrives in Melbourne and Hawthorne go, no, wait, that's our player. So they take it to court. Round one, 86, Hawthorne are playing Carlton. Oh, yes. It's finalised on the Thursday. <laughs> oh, jeez. Platten plays for Hawthorne. Pretty outstanding. Yeah. He says he's glad that the shorts were brown. He was quite normal. <laughs> he's quite nervous. Oh, excellent. And, uh, yeah, so we beat them. And then, of course, we beat them again in the grand final where Platten had an right. instrumental role. There you go. So first year, first premiership. He's come off a McGarry medal in, in South Australia. Mm. I just love the fact that, that Carlton came for him and they didn't get him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he plays against them. In the, of course, we lost to them in 87. But mm. uh, imagine if they got Sticks, Kernahan, Bradley, Platten. Yeah. yeah, it's not a bad-looking team then, is it? Oh, they must have had so much money. Of course, that's what they were doing. They have that Messiah complex at Carlton, don't they? <laughs> so he was almost immediately one of the Hawthorne favourites because you could recognise him. Of course. And he had guts. And he's always at the bottom of the pack and all the... He has an amazing record for goals per game. Really? Yeah, so he played 258 games and kicked 228 goals. Jeez, that's pretty good. Ah, I didn't realise he had such a good return. That's incredible. 
wearing the number 44, which he brought from, from districts, he yeah. was offered the five mm. and uh, and decided not to take it. I think he was offered the three as well. Okay. But um, decided to keep the 44, and he ended up playing in four premierships, 86, 88, 89, 91. Mm. He mm. rates 91 as the best yep. or the hardest earned. Well, it certainly and, sounds uh, that, as far as the uh, the press were concerned about that one. Didn't matter. Too old, too slow. Yep, too good. <laughs> oh, he, has, he has some great moments that sort of can, can I just, bring uh, you back to stuff like... I just want to take you on a bit of a conversational detour. Now, did I watch the highlights of the 2015 Grand Final last night? Yes, I did. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I was just watching Hawthorne just absolutely destroy West Coast once again. It is a long reel, isn't it? It is. It is. It's sensational footy. It's unbelievable. I can't wait for us to get back there. Well, the determination and the competitiveness you see in Hodgie and those kind of blokes yeah. is exactly what Platten had. Yeah, um, right. He was the seventh of nine kids. Right? Is that right? So oh, he grew up in a fairly harsh environment. He described it something like Western Melbourne mm. from Elizabeth in South Australia. Right. And uh, they used to kick taped socks around and, mm. and whatever they could get their hands on. And basically, being a smaller framed player, mm. uh, when he arrived at the club, Alan Jeans is, is kind of like, uh, you know, just stay on the skirts of the pack, wait for the, the big boys to fly, pick up the ball. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> didn't have much faith in him going <laughs> in the middle of the pack, but eventually uh, Jeansy accepted that that was part of his game. Yeah. And that became... His greatest strength, but um, it shouldn't be underestimated as well. What kind of form the game had taken back then as well? Like it's changed so much. Yeah, it was bloody brutal back then. Well, I do enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Platten's <laughs> like, uh, you know, he hadn't had many taggers in the SANFL, mm. and certainly they they wanted to get a kick. But he gets to the VFL, and the taggers just sit on him. They don't care about getting a position themselves. Yeah. They're just looking to nullify him. And uh, Brereton comes up to him and says, do you want a bit of a hand with your tagger? Mm. And he says, just run towards me at the next boundary throw-in. <laughs> oh, Make no. sure you're out of the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so he runs towards Brereton. Brereton goes full pout. He gets out of the way at the last second, and he hears a crunch behind him. Yeah. The tagger wasn't winning the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of, that's the kind of uh, team ethic that they had. Were we? And I'm piecing it together from... Uh, the Dipper book as well, because yeah. because of how many like appearances at the tribunal Dipper personally had, <laughs> and the stories he relayed. Proud on having the record. Yeah, oh, mate, I've got so many in the archives that we need to read out in future episodes. <laughs> so many good tribunal <laughs> stories. We're just gonna we're gonna have to get a little chime, and then from the book of oh, Dipper, we'll get a, we'll get a theme. Said, yeah, yeah, we we'll use the uh, the could have been Dippy Domenico song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, were were we? Bullies? That's because I know, as I've alluded to, well, it was football a very was, physical game. Yeah, football was more brutal back then. But geez, we had some pretty rough players. Well, by the sounds of it. When um, when Platten arrived, it's mm. eighty six. We've just lost eighty four, eighty five, and it's a, actually a very pivotal moment in the mm. club's history because um, they're all doubting themselves, wondering, and the media's talking like uh, we're over the hill and we're yeah. gone. And then uh, Platten arrives and he gives us a hell of a lot of grunt in the midfield. Mm. He's integral mm. in um, Dunsell getting as many goals as he got. And, yeah. Yeah. And then we just, you know, we walked. It was like a cakewalk in 88. Mm. 89 was very hard. And uh, we missed the grand final for the first time in eight years in 90. So you right. can look at how strong the list was. I mean, there's a yeah. great... We did all right. Yeah, well, Matthews, Matthews leaves in 85, I think. Right. And we're back in the grand final again the next year. Yeah, it's incredible. Great club. How would you rate this book? Did you enjoy it? How many perms out of five? <laughs> How many perms out of five? Well, I did enjoy it. I mean, there's not a lot to read about yeah. Hawthorne. Okay. So I, I enjoyed reading about the rat. The competitiveness of him is incredible. Like, he mm. aims to win a Brownlow. Right. And things like that. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And then... Um, he nearly won it again in '89, mm. but uh, and he's in the book. He details the stats he would have had in the last game if he'd polled three. He ties again. Yeah, right. And, uh, he reckons he was robbed, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say. I reckon I was robbed. But you can he's, read between the lines. He says uh, some of my mates said I was robbed. That that yeah, <laughs> so that he means he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I think Ken Peace, the author, is just, maybe we should put it this way, yeah. John. What do you think? <laughs> it's funny, in the Dipper book, it, it, it makes a point of saying how undisciplined Dipper was and how he'd go out drinking and turn up to places drunk and just not yeah. even care. Yeah, yeah. He'd really have to be whipped into line. Yeah. And uh, also, he seems to be demonstrated to be a man of contradictions. Like, oh, he's hyperactive but he's also really shy and an introvert but he's really committed but he's also really undisciplined and it's just I don't know where I am by the end of the book with Dipper well after they got flogged in 85 Mm. start of 86 they all decided no booze right okay so that was a team thing yeah wow and that's how determined they were they started back like eight days after the grand final training you know so they were really pissed off (laughs) (laughs) well you seem to have enjoyed the the platinum book. Oh, oh, I love the t- I love the the genre. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly because you've picked up another. Ah, uh, yes. Well, Dipper d- wrote another one, mate. Oh, okay. So you. So is this for me as well? Yeah. Uh, okay. Look at this. <laughs> no. So it's been passed across the desk. Uh, Dipper, tell the kids I love them, and uh, it's Dipper. It seems to be using his facial hair as a parachute. Is that what it does? I don't know. He's just high oh, above yeah. the MCG okay. in the clouds. That is. And also there's a big Channel 7 logo. I don't, this From could... the great days of his boundary writing. L- let's, uh, let's talk the synopsis here. Daredevil, thrill seeker, Brownlow medalist, storyteller. That's the winning combination which has made Robert Dippy Domenico one of the most popular of all Australians. That's a big claim. No, he's pretty popular. Is he one of the most popular of all Australians? He when was, was this written? A, he was for a while. When he was on the boundary line, people loved him. Something that they did mention in, in Dipper's book is he um, he, he was on the, the American Today show was or he? something, discussing the rules of, you know, of the game. It's like, <laughs> here's your introduction to Aussie rules in two minutes. And, of course, the Americans <laughs> didn't know what the bloody hell he's on about. Yeah. But you can't sum up the game in two minutes. I'm a lifelong fan, and I can't sum up the game to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's like, hey, Nick, <laughs> why was it a free kick when the ball dribbled over the line there? Well, it was interpreted that maybe, possibly, the player deliberately wanted it to go over the line, but also it's possible that he didn't want it to go over the line. I don't know! The game sucks sometimes, all right? Everything's open to interpretation. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of a soapbox, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a little bit. But... but isn't it true? I mean, have you ever had to explain the game to anyone, AFL? Uh, yeah, you get foreigners coming over here and you got to show them around and you go, let's go to the G, it's really big, and they go, oh, can yeah. we see something there? You're like, oh, well, I'll have to explain it to you. And then they sit there for about a quarter, yeah. wondering how many blokes are going to be carried off. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell but is going on? But they love it at the end. I mean, yeah. one of my mate's uh, French bloke, he came out, and he's just the biggest fan of Cyril you could imagine. Right. Yeah, and of course they're all. I think he uh, he played uh, rug rugby as well. He oh, loves okay. his rugby. All right. And, well, there's uh, a bit of an overlap there. So at they least. love the tackling and the yeah, the pure brute strength of it for the Americans too, because they wear a lot of protection. That's what it's mentioned. That's what's mentioned in this book is that these people are interviewing Dipper. And it's like so you don't wear anything, you don't wear any guards or guards helmets or anything. Or anything. Yeah. That's insane. And it's like no, it's yeah. some just... of the injuries you read about and. In these books are pretty incredible. What what I forgot to mention yeah. is that about eighty three, um, uh, Dipper and Platten and Dermy and uh, Kernahan and Bradley are all going overseas to play the Irish team, which is mm. where he has a go at the Irish Prime Minister, right? Yeah, that's right. Correct. Yeah. Well, they're on the bus, mm. and Dipper says to Platten, "Listen, if you don't sign for Hawthorne, <laughs> there's going to be hell to pay." And of course. He's a lot bigger than Platten. Yes. <laughs> and Dermot keeps laughing. He actually mentions it at the back of the book. Mm. They've got spiels on what other players and people in his life think of Johnny. Mm. And they go, and that's one of the things <laughs> Burden hastens to mention. Yeah. But uh, I, I'd like you to defuse this other book that I managed to pick up. Okay, I'm, I'm slightly worried. Now, What's defuse this one? is okay. definitely oh, the no. term. Yeah, it's been uh, handed across the table, this is and great. I'm Just staring at Pig, wh- Jimmy, wait. and Ruboy's Guide to Life. <laughs> I remember this. I, you remember it? I never had it myself, but I remember when it came out. Is this, it's part of the Triple M. That's right, yeah. So first published in 1998, and you got the Triple M logo on the back. So for anyone who isn't up to speed with this... Pig, Jimmy, and Rue Boy It are... is Dunstall, Carey, and Herd. They all look very happy here. Yeah, well, um, Wayne Carey wasn't too happy after, like really no. quickly after. And then... I'll tell you what, I mean, 
looking at this cover, I'm quite proud to say that the no, Hawthorne representative, <laughs> the Hawk representative, has led a pretty, you know, yeah, spotless wood. life. Well, so far, yeah. you would think, but Dunstall's gone on to achieve... The bounce. Well, un- <laughs> uncontroversial success. Yeah. Or incontroversial, well, if you no, like. Well, no, he did shave Sam Newman's head. Remember oh, that? That no was problem. terrific. No problem with that. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. This is, well, what a relic this is. Yeah, Indivi- I don't think I'll be opening that one too much. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I'll do a review of it. Yeah, it's a bit sad, really. Oh, is it sad? Is, yeah. it, is it sad because of Kerry and Hurd? Or just specifically? No, more Hurdy, I don't More Hurd at the yeah. moment. Yeah, in fact... Maybe I won't review this because I'll I'll be tempted to go too hard on Herd, which I don't want to do right now. No, I don't. I don't think you need to go hard on Herdy. I, you know, he's carried a lot, and uh, well, clearly, that's yeah. Well, they asked him to carry it, and he said he would. And you know, often the burden is do, too great. Not to bring us too far into that area, but what's what's the latest with Herd? Because we heard about um, well, his, his dad says he'll be all right. So okay, so he's he's been looked after basically, yeah. and we joke about Herd. But when it becomes a matter of... Well, we don't joke about it now. No. When it becomes a matter of life and death, I think it's probably when the jokes stop, really. I mean, but it's interesting all, like, you know, there are, there are bigger media outlets than the Hawk Talk podcast. Yes. And a lot of them sort of did a bit of a 180 and they went, oh, you know. Yeah, but they do a 180 and then they get the, you know, the lowest of the ranks to go out and plug the, you know, plunder the story still, don't they? They really do. They yeah. really do. Oh, yeah. I won't be seen there, but you better go out there just in case anything happens. <laughs> yeah, you better camp outside his house. I think <laughs> yeah. that's what's best for his mental health. Uh, I, well, yeah, so we wish him the best. Yeah. Oh, we do, we do. And just like that, Tiz, we're back in the present day. We've we come, are. We've come well, full circle. We've come know, back to what's happening in the AFL right now. With all the changes that they make to the rules, it's still the same game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's something that's sort of uh, grinded my gears. Um, oh, the ruck changes. Just... Yeah, and, and the deliberate rush behind thing. They, they say they're going to be stricter on it. I'm just like, just leave it how it was. Just leave everything how it was. Huge implications for Supercoach. Uh, well, 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 we'll get to that. Don't you worry about that. I've got plenty to say about Supercoach. But since we are in the present day, I'm really excited by this. The women's game, Pies vs. Blues, Feb 3. We're, Footy, we're not involved, Chief. We're not involved? No. no. But the footballing community at large is involved, and I'm going to be getting down there if I can. It was going to be uh, Olympic Park. It might be moving to Princess Park. Oh, because of the crowd. Yep, extreme demand. And uh, you know what? I hear it. I'm well up for seeing this game. As far as I'm concerned, I know there's going to be a few people out there, some might be our listeners, who are perhaps a bit critical of the women's game. Like, they, they either don't care for it, or they, they think it's a crock. Lee Matthews had a, had a good crack at it. He did. He did indeed. So there have been critics of this, of the AFL women's, but as far as I'm concerned, at the very least, it brings footy back early. Oh, okay. I can't wait. I mean, I support the league, absolutely. But even if I didn't, footy's back. Tis. Footy's coming back earlier than it ever has before, and I'm bloody excited. So I'll be getting down to, well, it seems it, seems it will be moved to Princess Park at this stage, Feb 3, uh, Carlton versus Collingwood, and it's going to be huge. I was, Historical. I was listening to Rocco the other day. Yep. Why would you about, do that? Well, <laughs> he's fronting a show now on SEN. Okay. Yeah. Right. And he's saying they shouldn't have cheerleaders in the BBL anymore. Okay, why right. is that? Well, I was just thinking we should have male cheerleaders for the female... AFL. <laughs> right. Yeah, just to even it up. Is that a genre? Are there male cheerleaders in the world? Is it a thing? I guess there is, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, I just, oh, can't, I just can't remember no. when I've seen them. You have a, This is, this is going to blow your mind. One mm. of the most famous cheerleaders of all time mm. is President George W. Bush. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't aware of that. No, he was a cheerleader. So it can be done. Perhaps that is how we find our next Prime Minister. <laughs> what, it's, I'm sensing some kind of talent show? Yeah, well, you know, get them cheerleading and then <laughs> they like the limelight and on from there. It is, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press on past <laughs> President Bush. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to look forward to the, uh, well, this is the game, I must admit. As, as much as I'm psyched for the Women's League, yeah. uh, my heart is truly invested in this one. JLT Community Series game, one in particular, one that we're going to be at. It's North Melbourne versus Hawthorne at Arden Street, Sunday, February 26. It's coming up. 
It's come up very quickly now. We're only about a month away. Got a great little rivalry with North. Oh, we do. I bloody hate them. And they're going to be terrible this year, so it should be great. <laughs> Listeners will know that they're my most hated team <laughs> in the comp. So this should be fun. They've got some close runners, though, don't they? Oh, they do. Yeah, they do. Essendon and Port Adelaide and West yeah, Coast and Sydney. And Geelong, I've, Geelong. Uh, Geelong almost doesn't count because I have a begrudging respect for. But it is half the league. Basically, the other 17 teams, bloody hate them. Uh, instant rivals. No, but I say we're going to be at this game, North Hawthorne and Arden Street, in enemy territory. That's if we can get a ticket. Yeah, we might be in a cherry picker. Because uh, an expected capacity crowd threatens to leave North Melbourne and Hawthorne fans locked out of football's return to Arden Street next month. Who's turning up? They don't have any supporters. <laughs> well, that's true. But the supporters they that's do true. have, the <laughs> supporters they do have, are needlessly passionate. Oh, okay. Needlessly. <laughs> well, they don't do anything. Okay. The season rolls around. They win nine in a row. It seems like they're going to be good again, and then they don't do anything again. Yes. <laughs> but it'll be great. I mean, two o'clock here. We've already had lunch somewhere in North Melbourne, maybe Carlton, and you retreat, you know, into the pubs well, afterwards. Here's the thing. A sellout crowd of about 5,000 to 6,000 fans is tipped to pack out the suburban venue when the teams meet in their second preseason game on Sunday, Feb 26. There's going to be temporary fencing erected around the ground. The bulk of the patrons likely to be squeezed in behind the goals at either end of the ground. Mm. So there you go. That's sort might, of... have to, might have to buy a ticket to the swimming pool and then... Jump over the fence. What do you reckon? <laughs> do you reckon the AFL are going to be okay with that? No, I don't think so, but it's an option. <laughs> AFL spokesman Patrick Keane said the league was expecting a strong demand for tickets when they become available to club members on Jan 31. So there you are, uh, Hawk Talk podcast Jan listeners. Jan 31. Jan 31, if you're a member. And if you're not a member, what are you doing? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> At this stage, what, the club didn't do enough for you, proving their worth with a three-peat? Come on, sign up. Let us break a record again this year. I, I, my dad called me the other day, Big Hawk man, of course, runs in the family. Um, we're well past 60,000 already. Wow. Which is good. I think we've got 75 to beat, though, so we've got a bit of a mountain to climb on that one. Yeah, well, we're doing everything right. We are. We are indeed. Uh, very exciting season for, in, for many reasons. Uh, they'll be on sale to the general public the following day. So if, if you aren't going to sign up, um, there you go. The following day, which will be Feb 1st. You can grab your tickets there, but it, it seems like it's going to sell out. So, Tiz, we better get on that because I want to see this game. I want to see us rough up North Melbourne. Mind you, they're not having too much trouble with it within themselves. Have, yeah, we're going to have to buy a record to know who they are for a start. <laughs> well, I can tell you that uh, Luke McDonald uh, and is it Sean Higgins? Sean Higgins. Oh, yes, the old doggy. Yeah. Um, they had a bit of a tangle at their own training. So it's a good start for them, isn't it? Yeah. So it's reported that they tangled during a match simulation okay. when uh, Luke McDonald ran through Higgins' path and bumped him while he was watching play up the field. Why? Why would you do Why that? Why would you do that? <laughs> just dumb. So dumb. Just and sniped his own man. In a match simulation. Yeah. Of course, uh, Brereton actually took out one of his teammates in a, in a state game. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, ran through him. <laughs> it's, it's, and then he need Didn't he step on Raiden Tellis' head? In about that sounds familiar. <laughs> he got suspended for it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Actually, oh, good on you, Dan. <laughs> what a just raising the bar. <laughs> but that's that's quite weird, isn't it? I mean, because you oh, don't we hear those... saw um, Satanta or Halpin involved in something. So he went f- to Carlton. Yeah, that was a cloak. few years ago yeah. now. Yeah, um, they were throwing haymakers though. If if we could just get North to belt each other up at Arden Street, <laughs> just rough each other up, and we'll just coast through and is there any prize for the JLT community series or just I don't know I think it doesn't seem like it just cause yeah which makes it awfully hard for the club to take it seriously doesn't it and the fans I mean we've lost a few players during the pre-seasons over the years Suckling Brand Brand's that injury really disappointed me that was very strange too very unlucky. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the other thing I want to plug as well, we've plugged the women's game, GLT Community Series game, that one in particular. Obviously, there's two more GLT Community Series games for Hawthorne, but that is the one to get to. Yeah, the other um, one, one's in Tassie, yeah, the one's in, Tassie. in Port, Port Adelaide, I think. Yes, I think you're right on that one. Uh, the other thing is the 2017 Family Day, Sunday, February 12th, 9am to midday at Glenferry Oval. Hooray! Back home at Glenferry Oval, all players will be presented on stage, including uh, Ricky Henderson, who I seem to forget all the time, so now <laughs> he's at the top of my list. Yeah. I, f- I keep on forgetting we have him. 
He might yes, be, it might be, be handy. Yeah, well, I think they've got him as a backup for Hilly and his yeah, position. Right. So uh, he's a terrific kick. Uh, all players presented on stage, player signing sessions, uh, you've got your Hawks Nest gear, all that great stuff we mentioned last year for Did Christmas. I tell you I wanted into the Hawks Nest and told them they'd been reviewed? <laughs> <laughs> How'd they take that? Oh, they said, oh, great, some feedback, and I sort of skulked out. <laughs> Oh, and, uh, dear, I hope oh, they're dear. listening now. Hope they recognise the voice. <laughs> what is ironic for me personally is I have bought Hawks merch since that episode. Did you ever end yeah. up buying that uh, Power Rangers top? No, but it's still discounted. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it might go down again. It might. It's sitting on fifty-five dollars at Adidas yeah. at, the, at their online store, and I don't know. I'm still tempted. I'm still tempted. I don't know why I haven't pulled the trigger on that one yet. I don't know. I still like it. Uh, you can also sign up for your 2017 membership at the Family Day, food and drink stalls, kids' activities. You know, that's, you know, this, the kind of thing you'd have oh, at Family be a great Day. Crowd, yeah, especially when they announce Ruffy to us all. That'll be terrific. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't think of that. Yeah, even more we incentive to get much to Family about Day. Hodgie and how... oh, we have a bit. Yeah, but I mean, what a bloke to give what? it up like that. I mean, he could have held on to it. It comes to the point, Tiz, where it's like it speaks for itself. I mean. I don't have what? to do anything more. Well, it's like, what What can we say that hasn't already been said? How did the bloke not win a, win a Brownlow? <laughs> well, you say that about a fair few players. I mean, we were, we were saying that about Sam Mitchell until recently. Oh, you think something similar will happen? Now, it's got to be a few no. players behind you. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying something similar would happen. Wow, yeah, it would be a few clubs, wouldn't it? Jeez. Yeah, he never he, he's never polled remarkably well. But, I mean, the, it just goes to show you that the Brownlow... He did get suspended fairly often. Well, true. But the Brownlow counts at the BL on indoor. Now, he's, he's a legend of the game. Now, no I'm doubt. waiting for a fish-out-of-water moment here because you've never mm. played fantasy, and yet... No. I couldn't tell you how um, how Hodges ever fared in the fantasy football. Yeah. But things are about to change, aren't they? <laughs> is this where we unveil our grand plan for season 2017? <laughs> well, my grand plan is to win it. I don't know what your yeah, plan is. Because you, you've always been into your fantasy footy. You, yes. You, you play almost every year, don't you? Uh, since about 2011, I think, yeah. Well, how would you rate your seriousness in competing? you take it seriously? I am competitive, but I'm no serious threat. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm going to enrol, if that is indeed the word... <laughs> Okay. In fantasy footy this year, super coach or whatever you call it, I'm, listeners are already getting the impression I'm way out of my depth. And that is right, but that is perfect because I'm not playing to win. You're playing to... Lose. <laughs> this is something that we're going to do all year, and it's going to be my little project. It's going to be my baby. It's called the Anti-Fantasy Football Team. And basically, it's going to be my mission to each week select... The players who I think, uh, the squad, no. I think, will produce the worst result. So, but still play. Yeah, still play. Yeah, absolutely. I can't just pick people who aren't going to be chosen. Or... So you're picking the injury-prone, the guys that don't call the, for the ball. The, the, yeah, the guys who are typically much maligned by their own clubs, supporters. Or, or is it more huge expectations and they're definitely not going to meet them? That, yeah, I mean, there's a few things at play here, I'll be honest. Because I've got some really good ones. Okay, let's chuck some names my way already. Because well, I, okay, I want listeners' suggestions, suggestions too. Before we get to yours, um, I want people to hit me it's up. It's going to be a bit hard. Okay, I want people, I want people to hit me up at, at HawkTalkPod. Yeah. And off the top of the head, just give me some players I can put in my super coach team who are just the dirt worst, who who regularly underperform. And you've got to spend the whole salary cap. That's I right. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, and we can't just pick players who never get picked and never get a game and stuff so like that. I'm they have to be quite legitimate choices. I'm looking at Jared White. So perfect. <laughs> so good. Because... You hate he's, them. Yeah, well, I hate him. <laughs> First of all, I hate him when he was in Carlton. But the story of Jared Waite is that Waite is quite an apt name for him because you're either waiting for him to get back from suspension or you're waiting for him to get back from injury. So Waite has never been a more apt surname for a player ever. 500k, bang. Just like that. Just like that. Is that expensive in the realm that, of... That is very expensive. I was going to say, it sounds expensive. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Jar- Jared Waite's a good one because he's very inconsistent as well. But he is in the best 22. He definitely so you, is in their best 22. You pick him and we're not we're not dodging the rules at all of our own game. He's, uh, then, uh, so there's a leading and candidate. And you can spend 550k on Daniel Wells. Yep, absolutely. Another one. Another perfect one. Also came from North Melbourne. He so did, it's, but now he's at Collingwood, so it's even better. Now he's Collingwood. 
<laughs> That's right. So there we go. Okay, we've got two pretty good examples they're, of what we they're mean. Good to begin, can, I reckon. Can can I put another it's one? Be a bit hard with the rucks. It is, I reckon. Yeah, but I'll put another one out there for you. I'm just going to float this one. Zach Dawson. But he's just a perennial loser. He's in the, he's in the best twenty-two. He's I'm I'm not skirting the rules of of the of the competition that I've created. He's in the best twenty-two, but I think week in week out. For my purposes, he will yield the best slash worst result. <laughs> so there you go. There's the idea. It's not going to be much, though. I'm creating the anti-fantasy footy team, and the idea is I'll be in the comp like everyone else, but my goal will be I to score the lowest yeah, I can't each wait week. for your captains each week. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right, so, so there's my goal. And we'll, we'll update you regularly, and any suggestions, any hot tips you want to you want to send in every round, we welcome that. Uh, just to help help get me started at the moment, because I need to pick my starting... Is it 22? You pick 22? No, no, you don't pick that many. How okay, many how, how many do you pick? So, well, you've got to walk me through, Tiz. I don't know what in, I'm doing. Six in defence, eight in the midfield, two in the rack, and six in the forward line. All right, so clearly I have a big, big team to fill. So I need suggestions. Some of your worst, most underperforming players, the, the, the guys you love to hate as well, at Hawk Talk Pod. And uh, I think that'll that'll do us for this first episode back for 2017. That's right, and we'll, uh, we'll be on iTunes soon. We will be on iTunes soon, yeah. Apparently it takes 24 hours to 14 days for iTunes to approve. It's a big window. It is a big window, so I'm sort of just sitting there biting my nails at the computer most of the time. I'm waiting for that email to come through. But, uh, yeah, watch that space. Watch Twitter. That's the best place to find us at the moment. Yeah, and um, that poll was terrific the other day. That poll was terrific. Yeah, that's right. That was, that was very good. I can't believe Lakey didn't win, though. <laughs> well, the, the poll you're referring to, of course, is as we were reading these biographies, you came up with this idea of... Well, there's going to be a hell of a lot more to read soon. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And and who will have the best one? Which one are you looking forward to reading most? And the options were... Uh, what Mitchell, would we have? Hodge, Hodge, Lake, Mitchell and Lewis. Yeah. Mitchell well, got nothing. I mean, Lewis got nothing. Lewis got nothing. I think people are a bit sore about that still. <laughs> Don't <laughs> read about Melbourne. His would be all right. But if I had to pick my favourite, I voted for Lake. Yeah. Who'd you vote for? Lake. Okay. So we're both going Lake. And Hodgie won. Hodgie has won. Yeah. Hodgie took the majority vote. Uh, and I can see that, yeah. but you can't go past Lake. Brian Lake is such an entertaining, there'll hilarious be, guy. It will be an amazing arrangement of tangents, I feel. And you've got the Bulldog story as well, the background there as well. I think yeah, that'd I'll be interesting. That, yeah. Oh, you skip that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. So, I don't know, who knows? It'll have a coupon at the back. I mean, is this podcast just going to become a book, a book, a book review? Corner? <laughs> book review. Because that's what it's fast becoming. Uh, by the time I finish, I get through P. I, Jimmy and Ruboy's Guide to I Life. Brian Lake will come out with one. I'll just be reading the entire time. I've got oh. stuff to do. <laughs> like look at a computer I'm, I'm and wait for iTunes. I'm surprised the uh, sequel to Dip is still on your side of the table. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, uh, I think I'll be taking that home. But at the first sign that there's any overlap with the other one, I'm putting it straight down. <laughs> All right, that'll do us, I reckon. Uh, This has been the Hawk Talk podcast, the most must-hear show for Hawthorne Football Club fans everywhere. Tiz, thank you once again, and welcome back. Welcome back. Terrific. 2017, here we come. Ruffy. Yeah, good, (laughs) Sam. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.